0: Welcome to Fantastic Females, our adventure to finding the mythical island of
1: freedom together. I'm Kalyani and I'm Rupali. We are your next door finance experts sharing our experiences in the world of money and energetics. So, welcome back to our podcast. Today, we are going to dig into something that's very interesting. Um, And it has multiple perspectives. So we're hoping to give you color on a couple of those perspectives. We are talking about assets and liabilities, assets and liabilities in life, in finance, in our personal capacity. Um, So let's get in.
0: Yeah, when I think of assets and liabilities, I think of some accounting classes that I took in high school. Um, And there was a lot of emphasis back then, at least about knowing what goes where in terms of the ledger. I don't think uh, that it's such a focus now. Uh, I don't know if kids study about it now, but it used to really haunt me at nights and I didn't take uh, accounting any time after from that trauma. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll try and break it down for all of us today because um, it's
1: actually quite a simple concept when you think about it. Yes. So just quickly to cover the definition, the technical definition of an asset and a liability. Assets are the items that you own that can provide a future benefit and liabilities are what you owe other parties or anyone else, such as a bank or any other individual.
0: So simply put, assets contribute to your life or to your bank account um, and liabilities take, Either money away or your energy away they take away from your entity
1: yes and and so when we're talking about um assets and liabilities in in terms of energetics on our relationship basis on our you know in our personal lives then that can also play a big role we typically think of assets and liabilities as a like you said a boring finance term but I came across a few questions that really got me thinking in terms of my life and assets and liabilities in my life. Um, Some of the aspects within our personal space that we look at, uh, you know, who are the people in your life that add value to your life and who are people that detract from your life value?
0: I feel like um, this is too close to home in terms of, as I've grown older, I've become very conscious of who I keep as my company. And it might sound cliche, but um, I really don't have, I have very little patience left for small talk now. So as you know, Rupali, even when we meet as friends, uh, we just go deep into whatever we want to talk about, because time is of essence, right? So if I'm not spending my time meaningfully, then it becomes it becomes a loss for me. It becomes a loss of time and energy. And I've, I hold that really dear to um, my survival and to thriving. Um, so for me, if the relationship doesn't support me, doesn't support my growth, it becomes toxic. And I now very easily distance myself. And sometimes I have phases with people as well. So there may be a phase um, when that person is supportive to my growth in that phase. And then as I grow, they might become toxic. So if ever I don't return anyone's calls, uh,
1: you can take a hint. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) We'll just message you on the Fantastic Females chat and we're we're sure to get a reply. I won't be able to run away then. (laughs) Yes, I agree. I think um, with time, I think uh, I grew up uh, in a joint family. And so, you know, uh, it was never a consideration or never a thing where, oh, no, I can actually just... I have the choice not to spend time with a particular person because we all live together, right? So that kind of filters through into life in general where you kind of forget that you have that choice. And so through that, I realized that there are people that drain me. There are people that, you know, um, want to kind of dictate how I live my life or have something to say about how I live my life. And uh, with age, I suppose, maybe that's how it kind of goes where, you know, you kind of become less patient because you value your time more and so i think i'm at that stage today where i'm able to kind of it doesn't have to be like no actually i hate you go away it can be you know just drawing a very healthy boundary in a very clear way and having a balanced relationship with an individual there's no need to cut everyone off either but you don't have to have everyone in your life either so i think taking away from that um Assets and liabilities discussion. I think it's very important to you know, have a check-in every now and then. What am I doing with my time? Who are the people in my life? Um, other aspects of assets and liabilities in our lives are the habits that we have. You know, Are certain habits adding value to your life or taking away? Are they complementing what lifestyle, what lifestyle you want to live or are they taking away from that?
0: Yeah, for example, sometimes we get into a rut of um, forcing ourselves into so-called good habits. Like for me, that tends to be to um, always set an intention, as you know, Rupali, to wake up at ungodly hours. And I have some sort of romanticism attached to it in terms of that adding to my productivity. But often that leads to pressure for me uh, the previous night to sleep at (laughs) 5pm. And (laughs) then in the morning, I feel pressured to stick to my promise. Um, And if I do, then I sometimes or most of the time spend the day feeling really tired. So maybe that's a habit or an intention that's not really an asset for my personality. And instead of going with the hustle culture that social media constantly rubs into our faces, I could just take a second and acknowledge it and just um, shift my approach and instead focus on maximizing my awake time maximizing my daytime and being super productive as an example
1: yeah exactly i think even uh you know i also kind of resonate with that not the waking up part because that's something i'd never do to myself but um you know just healthy so-called healthy habits such as walk exercise do this do that and i you know uh decided i'd do like 5 kilometers a day walking at some point and that added so much pressure in terms of getting everything out of the way done and if i'm by any chance stuck on a zoom call with thanks covid you know zoom calls are like happening 24 hours a day now but um if i'm stuck on a zoom call then that just stresses me out so that supposedly good habit which is great when i go because it takes my mind off things when I can't go, it makes it worse. So I think that balance, I mean, you know, we just have to reflect at this point in life, what is a good habit for me and what's not a good, what's, you know, not enhancing my life.
0: Yeah. um, We can carry on going about how this plays into our mindset, but we've put a quiz together for all of you to reflect upon and um, it plays into our financial coaching model. Please access the link from the show notes and um, give us your feedback. Let us know if it made you think, if it um, turned the wheels in your brains and brought extra awareness to your surroundings. Let's now talk about uh, assets and liabilities in the context of uh, companies in the market, um, corporates. It's a term that we often use. They're, They're words that we often use.
1: So in corporates, I mean, assets and liabilities are a pretty big deal, right? Their net asset value is assets less liabilities, and so the entire valuation is based on this. Now, in a company, there are various different types of assets. Um, An asset, like we said, is something that adds value, brings money back. Um, And so within companies, there are multiple types of assets. The two broad categories that we'd like to highlight today are tangible and intangible assets um a tangible asset is something that you can touch is a physical like um something you know a tangible asset is something you can touch it's a physical asset such as a property such as equipment um and uh, and, and an intangible asset i think kalyan you're probably in, you know the right person to highlight that
0: So intangible assets are either generally intellectual property or the data that the company holds. And this is a fairly new way of building assets. Um, Probably since the inception of internet, this has definitely boomed. Previously, of course, intellectual property still existed. Its value and supremacy still existed. You know, when you hear about things like the actual formula of Pepsi or Coca-Cola or Heinz ketchup is never shared apart from the one or two people in the company. That's in effect guarding intellectual property or a secret recipe that is the basis of a whole large conglomerate. So... In that sense, we've always had intellectual property. Recently, it's become a big issue to understand. It's become a big concern because with the internet, we are all borrowing information from each other and getting inspired, so-called, from different ideas. So where do you draw a line in terms of what is original, what is copied, etc., is often uh, discussed. But companies do continue to put a lot of efforts in this direction and we are seeing them being rewarded for these efforts as well. As an example, there was a recent takeover where Adobe bought over a new company called Figma. Figma's current revenue is $200 million dollars. Whereas it was bought for $20 billion with a B. So its valuation was 100 times its current revenue. And there was a lot of discussion about what a large company like Adobe uh, saw in this valuation, in this deal. And um, basically, it came down to the fact that Figma has a unique selling proposition in terms of having a service that isn't widely available in the market. It's actually a specialized UI UX software that Adobe would have had to spend a lot of time and effort into building. And 85% of the designers in the market are already using its products for UI and UX, which means it also has the data which Adobe wouldn't need to spend time and effort on building. So in effect, Adobe is buying this whole bubble instead of just the physical assets of uh figma and that's very important to note
1: right i think just just an example i also thought of now as you were speaking is um you know these car companies uh, cars are becoming electronic cars are becoming smart um so cars may not uh, have the r and d the research and development for the electronic mechanisms, the uh, smart vehicles, but they can buy in, or, or you know invest in a company that has done all the research, such as an Apple, for example, or one of these tech companies, and then that intellectual property is what will be valued when a purchase or a merger or a an investment or whatever it is is made. So there's a lot of like, like with Adobe and Figma. And the car example, it's all about the synergies that can be created through the intellectual property.
0: Absolutely. On the data side of things, there's an example of an Indian e-commerce website called Flipkart, which came into the market with very minimal profit margins. And its whole model was based on collecting vast amount of data. With India, you can get really large numbers, of course. Um, So the whole model was based on getting these large amounts of data and then finding some sort of economies of scale by sharing this data um, with different companies. So finding some economies of scale by sharing this data with other companies or governments, etc, etc. But in effect, With consumer protection laws, this data model um, or the data has become zero value and it's not a sustainable model. So a lot of these companies previously didn't show high revenue for this reason and they've had to change their models as a result. Let's talk about liabilities for a company. What's a liability? Generally, we see debt as a liability for a company, right? Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. We see debt as a liability. There are various types of liabilities that companies take, but debt is the biggest uh, kind of more broad category.
0: Yeah, so debt is probably the most common type of liability that we see. And um, from my recent reading, I've got a good understanding now of two types of debt. One is good debt and one is bad debt. And again, it has a connotation to whether it adds to your assets and cash flow or it takes away from that and it's a debt that you can't really retrieve um, and so it becomes a bad debt like for example loaning to a friend who you can't easily ask money from or a family member etc so in terms of a company's connotation a good debt could be a debt that frees up their current cash flow so that they can carry on with their operations um, which is why even cash-rich companies would always have some amount of debt.
1: Yeah, there are limitations uh, in terms of what cash can achieve, right? So it's almost like, okay, let, let's lever it to, you know, kind of achieve more. Uh, like we mentioned, intellectual property, research and development, all of this takes a huge amount of funds, which becomes, you know, it's not feasible for companies to just purely do it using their cash flows so to manage cash flows and to kind of do it optimally they you know most companies do have debt and it is considered good practice as long as the debt is used in the right way
0: as an example a cash rich company such as apple still continues to have 136 billion as debt on its books And that's to, once again, fund its current operations and kind of leave some breathing room for building the assets and research that they uh, value very highly. In terms of our personal space now, let's talk about what assets and liabilities mean for us as individuals.
1: Right, so examples of assets in our personal capacity, uh, let's start from cash. I mean, we've discussed cash before. It can be uh, a good kind of allocation in your in your investments but if it's overly done then it may not be considered an asset so cash could be an asset you can have uh, you know your property uh, that you're staying in however if you've mortgaged it then you have to take the total value of the property minus how much you've mortgaged it for and that's your asset because you do still owe the bank money and then there's other examples such as cars which I mean, people think of it as an asset, they're more like a liability, uh, handbags, uh, you know, watches that hold brand value, all sorts of types of assets.
0: Exactly. So, again, I think the basic principle is anything that adds to your life is an asset, while anything that takes away from your life or bank account is a liability. So, if a house is earning you rent, then that's a clear asset, whereas if it has... Uh, If it has a pending mortgage, then the mortgage amount would become or the mortgage percentage would become a liability. The same with a car. And while cash, jewelry, any deposits, investments, all remain as personal assets because they continue to grow and they continue to add value. If they don't grow, such as cash may not grow as such, but it provides value in terms of having liquidity, which means that we can spend it at our discretion.
1: Right. I mean, the big investment that the asset that we forgot to mention is um, the stock market. That's an asset, right? That's uh, at your disposal to buy and sell. um, And you can learn all about it in Kalyani's upcoming course.
0: Yes, uh, it's a shameless plug, but I've got a course that's launched now. Um, It's called the Investing Starter course. And it takes you from zero knowledge in finance up to having an active investment portfolio while giving you the full knowledge and confidence to manage it yourselves. You don't have to be dependent on any family members or fund managers or financial advisors to take these first steps and I'm here to guide you through that. Join me from the link in the show notes and please follow me as Trading Mum on social media channels. So back to assets and liabilities in terms of the stock market. One thing that comes to mind um, is while we've had a lot of IPOs in uh, UAE, especially recently, I see full spread um, advertisements or full spread declarations in the newspaper with a lot of, um, with a lot of memos being printed. Some of them are by consultants and these are talking about the valuation that they put um, on the company and I think that's quite tied into the asset liabilities uh, ratio of the company, right?
1: Yes. So valuations of companies uh, become really uh, important when they, when a company is IPOing, which means they're listing on the share market. Uh, a lot of these companies that have listed in Dubai um, have not listed 100% of their equity. They list a fraction of their equity, given how high their valuations are, um, and so through the process of valuing a company, that's really what's you know delved into what are the assets, what are their liabilities, what is something that the person out there such as you and I can understand, and what is something that you know investment professionals or institutional investors understand? and it's on that basis that a company is valued and share, shares are listed at that price basically.
0: Yeah. And a big part of this is once again, intangible assets, as we were talking about earlier, right? So intellectual property um, really comes into play, especially during an IPO. Um, And this is not just for large companies. It also applies to startups. It's probably harder for startups in terms of uh, putting a value against their intellectual property or brand value, as we could also uh, refer to it. And With my personal experience, my previous business was uh, a kids' book subscription service called Peekadoo. And when I wanted to sell it, so there were tangible assets such as the books, the boxes, the craft materials that we used to have. And then there was a whole lot of intangible assets such as the database that we had built up. We had built up a software that dealt with the operations of the company and a brand that we had contributed to in terms of um, having active social channels and the awareness that we'd built up as a result of it. And I have to say that these intangibles were way more uh, worthy, were really, they really outweighed the value of tangibles in the case of a small startup such as Peekadoo. That's what's noted in terms of mergers and acquisitions on small scale as well as large scale companies.
1: Yeah, I think the direction we're going in, I mean, companies are more and more valued off intangible assets, brands, such as like what you mentioned, data, their systems, uh, what they've developed, their knowledge that they have. Uh, when we talk to asset management companies, I mean, a big part of it is how are you retaining your intellectual property? How are you retaining your staff? How are, And so humans, people are really, really important to this.
0: Yeah, bringing my favorite business, Disney, into this, current favorite business, Disney, into this. Just today, there was a report that with the changes that had been made by the current CEO, there was such um, dissent about his policies that it actually became a liability, like an energetic liability, which was becoming a commercial liability for the business. So the old CEO who was um, there on that position in that position for 15 years has been reinstated. So, so yeah, uh, liabilities and assets is a wider concept than just uh, present in accounting terms. And Hopefully today's episode has given you some amount of additional awareness in terms of how you're spending your money and more importantly, your time and energy on the assets and liabilities around you, whether it's your work, whether it's um, building any assets, or spending on any uh, tangible kind of products or spending your time and efforts in relationships.
1: Absolutely, Uh, the awareness is key. So while there's no right or wrong in all of this, as long as you know where you're spending your time is where you'd like to be spending it. And as long as you know where you're spending your money is where you'd like to be spending it, the intention is super important. And so we hope that this episode gives you that check-in. Our aim is to
0: bring this awareness and add some structure to it with the quiz that we've built. Please access it once again from the show notes. And as a final conclusion to this discussion, let's all focus on building real assets that truly aid our growth, whether that's skills um, that make us truly valuable to our surroundings or relationships and businesses that feed our soul. Share this podcast, leave your reviews, your comments to support us on our journey. We are so passionate about making your lives more abundant with this information.
1: So with that, we bring this episode of our financial adventure to an end. Please follow us on all social media platforms at Fantastic Females. None of the information provided is financial advice. And Fantastic Females is not a financial advisor. The information provided is educational only.
0: It is general in nature and does not take into account your personal circumstances. Please use your
1: own due diligence before making any financial or investment decisions.